The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. So, before we get the episode started today, we have some exciting news. We have exciting news. Super exciting news. Dante, why don't you, what are you, what are you doing? I'm walking over here. I okay. Hold on. All right, all right. Okay, tell me we have exciting news. Okay, we have exciting news. Yeah, we have a sponsor! We have a sponsor! <laughs> oh my god! We have a sponsor called, we have a sponsor called Found Familiar. They're pretty much <laughs> D&D themed coffee. It is, it is really good coffee. Like, low-key, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull on my ties as a former barista and say this coffee is fucking delicious. Yeah, it's like if we ever told you, like, like you should watch this anime. It's really good. You should probably watch should the probably. anime. Well, I mean, uh, that's a little different, I'd say, because, like, people have different... No, Lindsay, I mean, we know what we're people, talking about when weeks, it comes to anime. But some people like Slice of Life. Some people want to watch robots fight each other. All I'm going to say, <laughs> though, is that I believe that coffee can be objectively good. Objectively and that, good. <laughs> anyway, so at some point in this episode, y'all are going to hear us, like... Do our little our little ad voice and talk about some 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 stuff. But uh, we're super super thankful for yeah. Found Familiar. But we'll, we're gonna have a discount code for you guys. Mm -hmm. But we're also gonna put that within the ad at a later time. So when you hear the ad, you'll hear the discount code as well. Yeah, and it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, and... we'll plaster it. Yeah. Yeah, for Everywhere. sure. All right. So now that we have our exciting news. Now that we everywhere. That we just I mean coffee juiced on you all over our face. All over. <laughs> Beans on my. Uh, What's wrong with us? I don't know. I think we're. I think we're perverts, Dante. So today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome, and this is huge. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a a large one for me because I think everyone has uh, some type. I think imposter syndrome is more of a scale, and everyone has it on some level, but if I were to go through my own motions, I'd be like, I ain't got imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not that great. But I also know I've done a lot of work to get good. I'm not unrealistic with myself. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's hear the the definition that Google tells us of uh, imposter syndrome. Okay, let me let me read it real quick. So, imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many people question whether they deserve accolades. I don't know what that last word means. It's like honor and praise. Oh, I see. Basically. So it's, it's basically, so I read a, another definition of it earlier, which was, I feel like that's a good definition of it, but the other one was basically like, you don't agree with people's positive perception of you, mm. where it's like people see you as, you've done all these things, and you're like, no, I'm not that good. Basically, you know, that's like, literally what you say, though, Dante. Yeah. Like you, literally, you're basically just like, no, I'm not. I'm not that great. Well, see, here's here's the thing: is that like I think I'm just being very realistic within the the world of ceramic artwork. But if I were to like, if I was, what's that book with all the mental illnesses in it? The DCMI. Oh DCI yeah, one. the the. <laughs> I'm, uh, so I'm asking. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Like the the official book of like mental illnesses. Yes. Right, and it, like, if you read like imposter syndrome, they would check my ass off that list so quick. They'd be like, "Yeah, you got it." <laughs> oh, okay, okay. They'd be so like, you... "You checked all the." It's also uh, in like high functioning or perfectionist people. Yeah. Like it's yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, they would check me off a list real quick. But like the reason that I 
bringing this up is because there's a person, which I'm sure many of you know, uh, his Instagram name is Old Forge Creations on Instagram. On his stories, he does these like really thought-provoking questions, and I always fall for them because I love them so much. Oh. And I left him like a paragraph this morning of like, here's what I think about myself and imposter syndrome. Well, what was the question that he posed? Well, the, the, so hold on, I might have to look it up real quick again. Yeah, there it is. It says, incoming imposter syndrome polls, right there. Oh, okay. And then he asks, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Oh. Uh, right. Secret. 94% say yes, 6% yes. say no. And just for some context, in case, like, y'all don't know who this person is, they have, like, 130,000 followers. So I'm inclined to think that that 94% is more than just, like, a handful of people saying that. I'm the 6% that said no. Ah, uh, really? Wait, yeah. but you literally, you just said that you had it. I refuse to go to therapy. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so genuinely, I'm confused, though, because you yeah. did say that they would check you. They would check me so far, so fast. Basically, so you said... No, you don't have imposter syndrome here, but yeah. then you just admitted to me that they would say that you would that you would have imposter they syndrome. They would say that I have it. I wouldn't say okay, that. Okay, so like, you're, you're just like in I'm in denial. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm in denial. I'm just in denial. And then the next question is like, has it changed over time? And then mm. I put about the same because zero times zero is zero. Okay. And then it says, do you feel like it's helping you improve whatever you were feeling about it? And I, again, I put no, right? But he like asked an open-ended question oh. where you can message him at the bottom here. And it says, was there anything specific that helped you reduce and, the imposter syndrome? Right. And I, I again put, he asked another question, but that's, it's kind of neither here or there at this point. Okay. And I had put a very long paragraph and I want, I want to hear what you have to say about it first. Have you ever had this kind of? Oh God, yes. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, first Tell me of... how that feels so I can, I can like... <laughs> well, okay, so I think the biggest ways that I've experienced it is mostly just that sense of like, no, I'm really not that good. Because we get so in our heads with our work and because we're seeing it up close, you know, we... Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll speak, I'll speak as myself. I basically see you know, my work up so close and I can see the little ways that I can see every little flaw. Right. I can see every little thing that like I wanted to do, but I didn't or things that I need to work on. Mm. So for me, it's so hard to like step back and see how I've grown as an artist overall sometimes or to feel like to feel like I meet that image of what a skilled professional ceramic artist is. Okay. Now I will say that has like gotten better over the years. Like I think I have less imposter syndrome now, Partially just because I think that monolithic idea that I had in my head about what this yeah. grand accomplished ceramic artist is, I've kind of realized more that that's not really an, a realistic expectation or a realistic vision. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to preface by saying that like, I am a woman and that generally Wait, speaking, I know, shocking. What the? I know, I know. I, I'm sorry to just like, you know, dump this on you. But yes, I am, I am a, a cis gendered woman. You're a whyman? I'm a whyman. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I don't really care. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is because I think, at least from what I understand now, you know, again, I, I will, I don't have a specific study to quote on this, but my understanding is that in general, women tend to experience imposter syndrome more than men do. Right. A good example, actually, to bring this up is that there have been studies looking at what kind of jobs women apply to. Mm. And this specific study that I'm thinking of that actually comes from a TED talk. TED talk. Um, yeah. But it talks about how women will only apply for jobs if they meet 100% of the minute of like the qualifications listed within the job description. Oh my God, no. Yeah. Even but, as and, a dude, I'm like, no, I met three of them bitches. No, exactly. But that's, but that's the thing is that they, they showed that men will apply to that same 
same job even if they only meet 50%. Yeah, because we, yeah, because like it's a competition and like if I'm the final choice, you pick me whether you like it or like, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But there's this sense that like, I feel like I'm not worth it. I can't apply for it. That's insane. Do you have that? Oh, Are yeah. You? I don't have that. Oh, see, yeah, that this is fascinating. Yeah, no, I don't have that because like, if you list off 12 different things that are qualifications for a job and I have like nine of them, uh -huh. my brain goes, I'm picking up those other three. Dur uh, during yeah. the job, I'm gonna learn how to do those other three anyway, because that entails the job. And if I wanna keep said job, I'm gonna learn it. Yeah. Even if I don't have the degree for that position, whatever equipment you're using or whatever method you're using in order to do whatever you're doing, I'm going to learn it there, you know? And I think that's just how my male brain works is like, it's survival. Like I'm gonna do it even if I don't know how to. Either I'm gonna learn or I'm gonna get kicked back to start uh, beginning. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, that sense of getting kicked back will sometimes stop me from doing things. Now, really? Yeah. Now, admittedly, it's like rejection. Like, is it? Yes. It's the idea of rejection and the idea of not fulfilling my promises. One of the biggest areas where it came up, where looking back, I'm actually really glad that I pushed through that sense of imposter syndrome, yeah. was actually working on the dish sets for Insight. Because that was my first job where I was basically making sets at that scale and sets in general. Like I had made cups, I had made plates, I had never made a cup that sits in a plate. Right. Like a saucer before. Right. So I knew that I was prepared enough to do it, yes. to be able to do it. Yes. But it was terrifying because the whole time I was like, am I doing this well enough? Are they gonna be happy? Am I going to disappoint my client? And mm. is that gonna leave a black mark on my record as an artist? I see. Yes. Yeah. Now, fortunately, as I went along through the project and the, you know, every time I checked in with my contact for that job, they were like, this is looking great. We're loving what you're doing. We're getting good feedback. And then, you know, ultimately they hired me to make a second set for another one of their cafes. So oh, it's like- Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So for me, that, in some ways, that positive feedback and getting through a situation where I experienced a really high degree of anxiety and fear of not meeting expectations, mm. that helped me work through that sense of imposter syndrome because I was able mm. to go, okay, I may be feeling terrified and inadequate, but clearly I must be doing something right, right. because my client is happy. Because they like it. Yeah, because they like it. So I must be doing something like I- Kind like, of, yeah. <laughs> if I just, even though I feel unqualified to do what I'm doing, they like what I'm doing, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Yes, even though I might feel unqualified, I, I kind of experience both the fear of being unqualified and recognition that I am qualified because if I wasn't qualified, they wouldn't be happy. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Like, that makes sense on the same in the same way that like, there's some days where I make a mug and I'm like, I'm shit. <laughs> I'm yeah, horrible. I, I shouldn't that. be able to make, and I look at other Instagrammers and I'm like, they're so much better. I don't understand why I, I'm the reason why you should be able to throw kids in the river like 300. Oh my God, no. They shouldn't have let me. And then there's some days where I make like a brand new glaze and I weigh out the gravity and I put the notes on glazy and other people are testing it. And my latest YouTube video got like 3K in a day yeah. and my belly's full of steak. And I'm like, I'm a God. <laughs> I'm listening to Kanye. I don't support him no more, but I'm listening to him. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to Drake now, but and then I feel great. But like, I think, no, that makes sense because some days you're going to feel on, some days you're going to feel off. But it's it's so interesting to hear that like you have the, like kind of like the opposite of what I have where like if I say I'm going to do something, my brain goes, I could probably do that. Mm. But your brain's like, unless I can do it, I'm not agreeing to it. Kind of, yeah. Okay. That has gotten better, but if there's a threshold for me to agree to something, I have to be like at least 
70 to 80% sure that I can do that thing. Oh, for me, it's like 60. Yeah. Because if someone, it's kind of like making a teapot, you know, yeah. when you're, the way that I was taught in ceramic art school, or at least in, in college ceramic art class, was like, okay, a mug is just a tall teacup with a handle on it, okay? And a lidded piece is really just a bowl that you put a lid on, mm -hmm. right? I'm teaching Which, you and the lid is basically a bowl that right. is trimmed upside down. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> right? And then you make a teapot. And so what they teach you is kind of to do it in steps. And that's kind of how my brain works as well, where it's like, okay, so what's a teapot? Well, a teapot is really just a tall bowl with a lid on it, which again is an upside down bowl Hi. with a handle attached. You should have learned to attach clay in the handle form with a spout on it. The only new thing you're learning how to do is put a spout on it. Yeah. That's what a teapot is. <laughs> so my brain kind of works in that way where it goes like, can I do X, Y, Z? I could probably do ABC. Only the nuance stops me. Only like that I didn't account for this, like stops me. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's also kind of like in some ways impossible to anticipate what those oh shit yeah. moments are gonna be. Because you know, again, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And until you find yourself in that project and you have to work through it, that's the only way that you can think. Yeah. Like, like I remember one of the biggest things, one of the biggest oh shit moments I realized was that like, you know, when you think about shrinkage rates, I didn't think about the fact that plates are gonna shrink more in their width yeah. than they will in their height. Of course. So that when I was like trying yeah. to make the saucer indent big enough for the thing, it shrunk more than I anticipated because it's like, of course, a plate is gonna shrink. Anyway. No, that, no, that makes total sense. People don't even account for shrinkage. Yeah. I think the people that really understand the shrinkage in clay bodies are the people who make like, he, like two feet tall things. And they put it in the kiln, like, why is it like 1.5 feet tall now? Oh yeah, oh <laughs> my know? gosh. You like, know, you yeah. really get to see it. But we're making mugs and bowls, so. Dude. Our shrinkage rate isn't seen unless you really measure it. I, but I had to for that project because again, yeah. if you're making something that, I mean, even for something as small as like an espresso cup, if you know that it has to hold like a certain amount of fluid ounces, mm. I like, so now I'm, I'm glad because I know that, okay, if I need to make a cup that holds 12 ounces, I know how big it needs to be in its greenware so that by the time it shrinks, yes. it holds 12 ounces comfortably. And that's experience yeah. right there. But. Yeah. But that anyway, that's a little bit of a side note. Okay, so so your your experience with imposter syndrome, how does it show up? I mean, I suppose I have all this symptoms of imposter syndrome, but at least the way that I perceive it is that I'm very, very realistic with myself. And because of that, whenever someone gives me praise that I feel is undeserved, it's not as though I feel it's undeserved. My brain just goes, yeah, it wasn't that hard. You know, I, I get a couple people who in my DM, like I'm not all here flossing, but like I get a couple people who are like, you're so great, thank you so much. My response usually, I'm glad you enjoy the videos. Mm -hmm. I'm glad the videos are, are helping you with your, your art journey you know yeah. I'll leave people a smiley face a heart to let them know I see their messages but every now and then someone's like really really riding me uh. <laughs> and every now and then I have to kind of temper their their expectations of me and be like I'm not that cool the amount of times I have told people in my DMs like I'm not that good <laughs> uh. granted I am good like let's not let's not get that twisted because like I have practiced my art form I make my own glazes I've made a lot of my shapes I know how to work with certain clay bodies I like I I am quite experienced for someone who doesn't have a degree in ceramic artwork mm -hmm. okay I've met teachers who are like how the hell did you do that but at the same time while you see me and you think I'm amazing I've met gods in clay so when you look at me and you go you're you're the not really. I'm I'm fairly realistic about my abilities and expectations in comparison to the rest of the clay world. Hmm. And because of that, when someone gives me credit where I feel like it's undue 
or someone gives me more credit than I deserve, my brain doesn't go, oh, you don't deserve any credit. You're not that good. My brain goes, no, you deserve some credit. You, you do the work. You just don't deserve that much credit. Mm. You know, like I'm very realistic with myself. I, uh, I have some, I don't know. I don't know how to like, I have a couple different thoughts as that's I'm what like, hearing you talk about yeah, this. That's what I mean, because I, I hit all the symptoms. <laughs> well, kind of, like, because what, what I'm hearing, what I find interesting about w the dynamic you're explaining yes. is that you're saying that you're very realistic about w your feelings, about yourself and where you are in your art. Just about my accomplishments in general. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you compare yourself to gods, which I admit is hyperbole, but part of me is kind of thinking like... Not, not really, to be clear, not to compare myself to gods, to say that I'm lower than other artists, and that's who I'm comparing the gods to. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, in this, in this metaphor. I'm not the, comparing myself to a god. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. like the gods of the clay world yes. in terms of like the artists who who have... The upper stratosphere the, of... Yeah. 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 It's interesting because part of me wonders if those people kind of feel the same way. Because I feel like imposter syndrome is this weird dynamic where it's both created by people looking up and reinforced by people looking back down the skill level, but also looking up at the same time. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. Yeah. Because like when you start out... You've made a scale. Yeah. When I started out, like I had this vision of, again, what the grand accomplished ceramic artist looked like. Okay. And that was an unrealistic expectation. With, with where I am now, I still find myself looking up at, the, at that next tier of artist while also recognizing that, like, I guess, well, kind of like you. It's like I recognize that I have skill. I have developed my craft. And at the same time, you're... I I'm not it's very, well. it's very difficult. Let me, let me give you something. Thank you. Yes. Let, let me give you something that <laughs> help, I think. Help, no, Dante. I, can't, let me, I cannot think. Let me give you something that I think you've given me before. That that's something that I I now have in my arsenal, right? I think to say that someone has imposter syndrome because they realize that they're not as good as they can be in the perception of how other people see them is to set up a false dichotomy. Is to say that like. I believe I am where I am because I deserve to be where I am 100% or to say that no, I don't deserve the credit that you're giving me because I am where I am because of outside factors. And because of that, I think it's a scale. And if I were to put myself on that scale, I would put myself on the low end of imposter syndrome on that scale. Just because when someone goes, oh, thank you for the video, I really needed it, I appreciated it, my brain doesn't go, oh, it wasn't that great. My brain goes, yeah, I created it for you. I made it for that reason. Mm -hmm. I made it to help you in your art journey. That's why I made the YouTube channel. That's what it's there for. Oh, it was so great, it helped me so much. Good, it better be, I did that shit on purpose. <laughs> Right, but there's there's a, not a large part of my brain that goes, I don't deserve that credit. My brain rightfully so doesn't cockily, cockily. My brain rightfully so doesn't very cockily go like, oh yeah, of course you need that video, I'm the shit. It just goes, good, that was a tool that I gave to you. Mm -hmm. You needed that, I did it on purpose. I understand I'm getting credit for it. It's not as important as you're making it seem, but it is important. Mm. I'm very realistic with my own standards. I don't think I'm number one and number two because I'm the shit. I'm just saying like, I'm okay at what I do. I'm fairly skilled at what I do. I'm very realistic about my abilities. When I get better, you'll know, and is, I'll realize it. <laughs> is there anything that if someone were to come up to you and say, I want you to do this project, is there something, like what is the line where you'd be like, I can't do this, I'm not good enough? I've, I've done that before. Somebody came up to me and asked me to make like a three foot tall, one of those vases that you would see like usually in like Chinese restaurants, like the red and gold emperor. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I told them very simply, I was like, number one, that'd be very difficult for me to do. 
but I will do it. I probably can do it. Number two, this is how much it'll cost you. And number three, this is how long you have to wait. Ah. And they were blown away. They were like, yeah. why is it gonna cost $3,000? And why do I have to wait for four months? I was like, cause the, the tools necessary to make that are so astronomically hard and the skills and the experience to make that one item handmade mm -hmm. is so difficult that I'm gonna fail like three times before I make it. And there's a high chance that it's gonna fail. It's, like it's handmade. At this yeah. point, just buy a slip cast one for a thousand dollars. Like realistically, I've had to turn down commissions cause I've been like, I can't do that. Um, okay. Somebody before had asked me to make a sculpture of I think a Mickey Mouse character. Oh, I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, like on a mug. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't do that. And yeah. they're like, what do you mean you can't do that? Like you're the, you're the best. Like, they're like, you can do everything. And I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. I've never practiced that. I can gain the skill required to do that, but mm -hmm. you're going to have to wait a long time. You're going to have to pay me a lot of money to do it, number two. Yeah. And number three, I don't enjoy that. I don't want to do it. It's not fun. I don't like making Mickey Mouse characters on mugs. Like, I just... <laughs> also, Disney would come after you. Yeah, also, Disney, yeah, <laughs> like, I just... I don't know. Like, also, my brain logically goes, I can do that, but in order to do it, it would cost so much effort I don't want to. Yeah. And also, realistically, at this very moment, I can't do that. I don't have those abilities. And like... I'm not going to pretend like I do. And that I think that's, there has to be a, a scale. Yeah. There has to be a yeah. point in which everyone realizes at a certain point, like I cannot do that to the level and quality in which you want me to. Yeah, because maybe, if you maybe... can do everything, then you have a real issue. <laughs> then you think you're forever awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, well, I guess there is a difference between like recognizing where you are without feeling like you don't deserve where you are. I think that's the crux of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Is that you don't recognize your own accomplishments because of some, what is it? Like low self-esteem possibly. And mm -hmm. like, I think part of it too is experience. Like as I'm, as I'm thinking about like how my experience with imposter syndrome has changed over the years. Cause like right now it's not really something that comes up very often, mm -hmm. but it used to come up a lot. Yeah. And I think part of it is just having enough experiences under your belt to have as evidence because yes. it's like when you start out, you don't really have much proof to be like, no, I, I do have this skill. I do have this like thing. When I was in my early twenties and kind of just graduate, having just graduated and like coming back and being like, okay, I'm going to be an artist now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's just really hard. <laughs> Hyperventilating. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard because there's this, you know, like you don't have the evidence under your belt that you can see easily for yourself to show that you have these skills. And you probably still have this unrealistic expectation of, you know, what an artist looks like. Like it, so it kind of reminds me of another story that I heard from another Sacramento artist. And she talked about how she first started describing herself as an artist because for a long time, she didn't really consider herself one. She, mm. you know, and this kind of again gets into like, okay, what does it mean to be an artist? But she always kind of felt like, no, like I'm not really an artist, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I make these things, but no, I'm not like an artist. I'm not like a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is that like eventually how she started calling herself an artist is because she was at like a dinner party and it was really loud and really bustly and she didn't have the two and a half minutes to explain what she does. So she ended up just saying, ah, I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Panic. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. We, you and I have gone through it in that like, I remember there was a time where you were like, we're professional artists. And I was like, mm -hmm. Lindsay, I'm not a professional artist. <laughs> and I was like, Dante, yeah. we're professional artists. You were like, Dante, we're professional artists. And I was like, I don't feel like a friend. And you're like, you like, look at the numbers. You're like, <laughs> come on, we're there. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. so. I guess that's one time in which I could um, say I, I definitely experienced it. Yeah, part of where imposter syndrome still shows up is like, 
how we describe ourselves. Because for me, like, frankly, my mom is always the one who's like, Lindsay, when you're writing about yourself, don't forget to say you are an award-winning professional ceramic artist. Right, yeah. And it's like, to me, I'm like, no, I'm just, I just make things and yeah, sure, I've won some awards, but it's like not that big of a deal. And my mom's like, no, like, Lindsay, you are like- Is that imposter syndrome? I think that's imposter syndrome. I have that. Yeah, see? <laughs> and we uh! Dante is out of his denial now. But like, that's where I think it shows up because there's the sense that like I have so many awards yeah yeah you do it and see I don't even know half the shit that you've won I use them as coasters I'm not gonna lie to you. oh my god <laughs> Jesus I don't give a fuck about your your, your uh, analysis of me I care about me oh my gosh but but that's the thing is like that that kind of stuff is it's important and I think it I mean again that begs the question okay who is it important to who are we doing this whole thing for anyway but even though I have overcome to some degree the imposter syndrome of, oh, like I don't have the skills to do this or I can't learn the skills to do this, mm. more where it shows up now, which again, as I'm working on my website and getting better at and more used to describing myself as a professional ceramic artist. Yes. Like, but I still, I still run into that anxiety around like, uh, if, if I talk about myself as an award-winning professional ceramic artist, people are going to think that I like exhibit internationally and that I'm always in these galleries and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And it's like, but that's, and that's, so I feel like, like I, I don't, I don't want to like falsely represent myself, Yes. but saying that I am an award-winning professional ceramic artist is true. I have won awards. I do this professionally, right. but there's this, again, it's like, oh, but I don't match that definition of this world-class artist who exhibits in galleries and does workshops abroad and like all that's like well if galleries contacted us then maybe we would you know, yeah i mean that's not really how crocker it's not really how it works i i, I mean we've been... how about it oh my god run up <laughs> i'll deliver it to you like the ups truck it it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is supported by found familiar coffee Found Familiar is an online coffee company selling specialty coffee inspired by tabletop RPGs. Every bag sold helps them fund and support artists, content creators, and other small businesses within the realm of tabletop RPGs. Found Familiar offers a wide variety of coffees in both whole bean and ground form, including decaf options. Try Thieves Cant, their secret blend with artwork by Anna Z and Sarah Zunda, Regular Null, their modern espresso with artwork by Jessica Nguyen and Bob Q, or even Cartographers, a South American blend created in collaboration with the mistress of maps, Devin Rue. Samples are available to help you narrow down your favorites, and five pound bags are on the way for warlocks in desperate need of a caffeine patron. Mud Peddlers listeners get a special discount. You can go to foundfamiliar.com forward slash the Mud Peddlers to get 10% off your purchase. You can find the link in our show notes. Yeah, it's actually really interesting to find a coffee company that like serves the nerddom that we are while at the same time also serving the caffeine addiction and the artist addiction that we have because they do kind of go hand in hand while still having quality stuff on both levels. You know, it's not like they were like, oh, we put Pikachu on a can of coffee. Buy our crappy coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, before Found Familiar even sponsored us, I bought like five of their little sample bags. It's really, really good. And as a former barista, like actually having high quality coffee is, is really important to me. But even if you're not like a professional barista, it's really easy to make coffee at home. So Dante and I are going to do a video on his YouTube channel for those of you who have maybe never brewed coffee at home, but you like D&D and you like coffee. Who doesn't like coffee? Crazy people don't like coffee. Okay, anyway. so, so here, here's another question, right? Here's another question. And I think this is the way that I 
identify what I would call my own imposter syndrome if mm. I if I were to fully admit, which I haven't, listener at home, don't get too excited. You literally just did like two minutes ago. I don't remember this. Mm. <laughs> um, mm, denial and about, I'm a denial about that too. Okay, right. But like, <laughs> so when you win an award, do you feel validated in your accomplishments? Or even if I were to splay it out, mm. your effectiveness in the art world. I think it means yeah. It's hard because in some ways it doesn't, in some ways it doesn't. It does in the sense that in, in my experiences where I have received awards for my sculptural pieces, I feel proud of those pieces because I know how much I put into them. So when I get an award, it's kind of like a, oh, holy shit, I'm not the only one who sees something in these things. Mm. So it's not, I'm worried about the sounding arrogant, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I feel like it's more confirmation than it is validation okay. now, okay. at least. When I won like my first couple of awards, I was like, oh my God, I feel validated. But as my relationship with the art world has changed and I put less weight on the art world in terms of defining my success, oh, yes. I don't, care as much about winning awards, but I do acknowledge that winning awards gives me a social perception of being accomplished. Gives you a little bit more clout in the art world. Yes, yeah. yes, and I, but admittedly it's like, that, that plays into what it means to be successful. How about you? I get what you're saying, but I, so uh, just from my own experience, when I was a, a young warthog, <laughs> when I say young. When I was a young warthog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's funny because I look like one of those. <laughs> You're missing the tusks though. That'd be pretty baller. I would love tusks. Right? Wouldn't that be so cool? I want tusks and a tail so badly. Wait, what kind of tail? Like dragon tail? Like long slinky tail? I want a prehensile, 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 I want a monkey tail. Like a monkey tail. Yeah. yeah. So I could use it for stuff. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so in my eyes, this is gonna sound so, so arrogant. I don't like showing up to my own awards even when I receive awards. Half the time- Oh my God, that's so insulting. I know. <laughs> Dante, you can't do that. You have I do to it like- all the time. Oh my God, Dante, you have to be there. That's so, that's so rude. Nope. Oh my God. I okay. actively don't show up oh, all the Jesus. time. Oh Jesus, all right, well tell me, tell me why. So I should probably go back to the fact that this is probably a learned behavior from from my previous master of martial arts, Max Master Robinson, where what he would what he would do is every time I got a belt, like mm -hmm. a new belt for a comp, like went from white to yellow to whatever, yeah. whatever to yeah. green, he would make it very clear that like while you had that yellow belt on, you still had the experiences of a green belt. Oh, okay, so he was White basically yellow. saying that like, even though you have a yellow belt on, you actually have the skills of somebody higher than you. Yes. Okay, okay. So it, it wasn't for him to kind of embolden me or tell me that I'm better than I think I am. His reason for like, anytime he won an award, it, he made it very clear, like he would give his awards, his medals that he won in like big time competitions uh -huh. to like kids who like did good that day. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, really cool. he made it very clear to me that he cares far more about the community that he serves more than the confirmation that he gets from like the top brass. Mm. And I've always carried that with me to the point where in class, I would be like a black belt and I would just like still be wearing my blue belt. And he'd be like, wear your black belt. <laughs> and I'm like, color doesn't matter, man. I'm still me, no matter what color I wear. <gasps> and so I've, I've constantly always fought this whole thing of, for my whole life of being like, 
I am in a valid relationship. I don't need confirmation from the state, a ring, oh, or marriage. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I yeah. don't need an award to confirm or validate the fact that I am good or at this skill level in order for me to do so. So even when I do get awards from the art world, I still use them as coasters. Yes, okay, but, okay. I will say there is a difference though between like, yes, whatever whatever you do with the award when you get home is, is, is one thing. But the thing is, okay, in my mind- My mom takes them because she knows I'll chop them up and throw them away half the time. Okay. Admittedly, I'm balking at this because I come from a different background. Okay, wait, like real quick, real quick, real quick. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. You remember when you I went to, I made the awards for one of your yeah, art shows, yeah, remember? for the, the Blue Line Arts. Uh, God, what was that called? Interlude of the season. Yeah. Anyway, it was one when and I won the uh, artist of the year, em emerging artist award. Right, you won the emerging artist award. Yeah. And then I had been paid and also been asked to make the trophies for that award. Yes. Right. I didn't show up till really late. <laughs> I remember that, and I was like, <laughs> "Don't." Well, because okay, so I wasn't there. Part of the reason on purpose. Part of the reason I feel like okay, so in my mind, showing up for the award is different yeah. than whatever you do with that award at home. To me, what showing up to the award does is it's allowing whoever is giving you this award to honor you. And why that's I feel weird. like that's different is like if I were to come up to you, it's like saying your birthday is not for you; it's for other people. I don't, I don't know about that. Like, okay, let me, let me, okay, let me, so, let, me right. let me explain myself. Right, yeah, yeah. So if someone were to come up to you and say, this looks awesome. I really like your shoes or whatever. Oh. And you just walked away and didn't even acknowledge them. I'll say thanks. And then I walk away. But that, but that's the thing is that I'm saying, if you just don't even acknowledge them and walk away, that's not giving that person the chance to like, I get okay. I don't know. I don't know how to describe why it's rude, but it's kind of like I don't know what they want from me, but they can't have it. <laughs> I don't know why. But and so if somebody if somebody is giving you an award for something, yeah. you at least showing up. That doesn't mean that you don't care about your your base community. It doesn't mean that you hold this organization in godlike esteem. Yeah. It just means that you are there to receive the compliment and you are acknowledging that they have chosen you for something. That doesn't mean that's the end all be all. That doesn't mean that's everything, but it's it's at least saying thank you. Okay, so here's, let me be honest with you. Okay. I have this really toxic behavior. <laughs> okay. I have this thing that I do. I will completely admit to you, I'm, I think I said this before, I'm an antisocial extrovert. Mm -hmm. We're like, I like very few people. I don't need any, I will close the door if you even give me, I don't care. <laughs> if someone comes up to me and they like be very friendly to me, my energy is not friendly. I'm just like, what do you want? What do you need? Mm -hmm. And my mom has pointed out this out to me. She's like, that's toxic, son, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I remember one scenario in specific where I was at work, somebody was looking for the bathroom. I was wearing a Star Trek shirt. I was getting off of work. This was before the virus popped out. And he came up to me and he was like, oh, hey man, I like your shirt. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he goes, Star Trek? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I found this at Goodwill. And he goes, oh, I, you're wearing a Star Trek shirt. I just thought you liked Star Trek. I was like, no, I don't really like Star Trek. I just, it's just a shirt to wear you, to work. You do like Star Trek. Though. I know, but I don't want none of that, man. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he wants. I don't <sighs> want friends with him. It is a, it is a toxic behavior. And I, I don't know if that stems into imposter syndrome where I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care. I don't, sometimes I, I will actually reject validation and confirmation from other people because I feel like I, not because I feel like I don't deserve it, but more so because I, like, I feel it's unnecessary. Like, I don't want it. Like, I don't like awards because giving me an award, if, if every award I got gave me a superpower, I'd be stoked to get awards. 
But instead, they already tell me something about me that I already, like, they tell me, so, they, it's validation for an accomplishment, or it's confirmation for an accomplishment, that I was like, I didn't need this in order for you to, like, I, do, I don't, where am I going to put this in my house? <laughs> mm. I'm good. And, like, I will fully admit, it's a very toxic behavior. <laughs> I will fully admit it. But am I going to stop? Probably not. That's, that is interesting, though, to, like, because I feel like the tangented a little bit in terms of, like, no, you're talking right. about awards. But I do yeah. feel it is interesting to think about imposter syndrome relating to... Validation from To others. validation, yeah. And yeah. thinking about the the role that awards play in that validation is interesting. That's how I see it, is whenever someone, whenever someone gives me an award, it feels like they're trying to validate me for something, and my brain automatically goes, I don't need that validation. Mm, but yeah. that's, I think that's why I'm so like opposed to it yeah you know what i mean yeah so i don't need an item to tell me that i'm doing okay or good i think it's a scale yeah i was just wondering where you would fall on that scale uh a hundred percent being like i need other people to tell me i'm doing good to in mm. order to believe i'm doing good and zero percent being like no i'm doing good without them telling me to i think i'm probably at like 30 percent 30 percent yeah because like for the most part I feel confident in my work. Yes. I feel like I am doing work that I enjoy, other folks seem to like it, and I feel like it's important. Yes. Like, I'm sure that if I stopped getting all positive feedback, right. I'm sure I would be like, okay, like, what's up? What's going on with this? And I'd probably be kind of, I would probably be concerned. Change your strategy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So for the most part, I feel confident in my work. I don't feel like I need other people to like validate me, but I know that that dynamic's always gonna be there. Right. And that there's always gonna be where that imposter syndrome comes up, but I just think I'm better at recognizing it for what it is, working past it, and also having other people around me, like you, like my mom, you know, to be like, no, Lindsay, like you got this, you know? So I think, I think it's changed. Yeah. Over the years. I think for myself, I'm always very worried about turning into like a Kanye state of mind as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, my God. Yes. Yeah. It's like that fear of being like, I'm too sexy. I'm oh the my. best. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Remember that one time Kanye was like, mm. I'm God. I'm like, I don't, if I ever get that far, <laughs> calm me down. I'll bring you down. Thank I'll be like, let's rally the troops. Right. We got to go bring Dante back. Get on the disc, get on the Earth Nation discord. Let him know he sucks. <laughs> we got it. We got a ride to battle. <laughs> All the furries from my Discord. Oh my God! Yes. They come out with trumpets. <laughs> <laughs>